basically started in kindergarten. Uh, it lasted all the way through eighth grade. For me, for my brother, it went all the way through high school as well. You know, it started out as kids do, like we were kind of skinny and scrawny and some name calling at first. People will say kids will be kids, right. whatever. But because we didn't have any support, it just became like the thing to do. Let's bully those Pierce kids. I was physically bullied. Uh, I can remember one year for the entire year, these two girls would follow me home the entire walk home and would trip me like every five or six feet. Oh my God. Push me. I've been punched in the face. Um, I've been shunned. I've been, you know, the whole nine yards of not being picked for sports um, and being, you know, left like the last one picked and then people would say oh i don't we don't want her on our team kind mm -hmm. of thing and you know when you're growing up like that's probably the most painful thing that could happen to you apart from like say losing someone you love in your family right right, right. because when you're growing up you need that peer support yeah. it's like what you crave and like what you really want mm -hmm. um and so it was very painful my mother did try to go to the school several times and they just told her that I need, you know, me and my brother needed to grow a tougher skin, that we should fight back, um, that uh, we just needed to grow up, right? Be tougher. Mm -hmm. um, Can I ask you, like, yeah. what decade? What decades are we talking about right now? So I was born in 1965. Okay, so, so it was the early we're, 70s yeah. okay, through the 70s. Yes, yes. yes. So it's um, a long time ago. You know, people try to talk about bullying being a today thing, but it's been a thing since the beginning of time. And like you said, I can totally relate to what you're saying because in the time that we did grow up, mm -hmm. it was, you know, well, pick your big girl panties up and move on with it. Or, you know, if my mother, my mother was the type of mother who looked at me and she said, well, hit them back. Right. And, and you sit there and you think, hit them back. But like, what if there's three or four of them? Like, mm -hmm. okay, maybe I can get a good punch in on one of them, but then the rest of them are going to kick the crap out of right. me. Or that's what you would be afraid of. Yeah. Um, there was there was no support for, for bullying. There was no, and even if you had a mom mm -hmm. that said, okay, I'm going to go to school. Mm -hmm. Schools didn't do anything back then. No, they would, like I said, they would say, suck it up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they yeah. got to get tougher. Uh, they have to get stronger. They have to do this or do that. And then she would come home and, you know, what was she going to do? Like teach us how to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were also, maybe she could have, right? Um, Chris is uh, nodding his head at me. <laughs> yeah, like I love Chris. He's our engineer today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um you know, but we weren't that kind of family. Right. My dad right. was like definitely a pacifist. He worked nights. He wasn't around a lot. Um, really good guy, but mm -hmm. kind of unavailable. And uh, so, you know, and we were I, like, I was like a beanpole when I was really young. Yeah. Like 86 pounds soaking wet. Right. Like really tiny kid. Mm -hmm. I think part of that was all the stress too. Sure. You know. Absolutely. Um Bullying would happen in the classroom, and even in the classroom, the teacher wasn't there to rescue us. No. 
Um, so I think the pivotal point for me where I, I guess, just decided I couldn't take it anymore mm -hmm. um, was we had to walk through the woods to go home. And these two boys picked on my brother, like, relentlessly. Mm -hmm. And one day they were, we were walking home and, you know, they started to bully him. And I lost it. Like, I just went, like, crazy. Um, and one of the boys was a smaller boy and one of them was, like, a bigger boy. I don't know how I did it. I guess it's adrenaline, right? Mm -hmm. I like grabbed the kid by his shirt, picked him up, threw him against a tree while I was still holding him. And I just kept yelling, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. So much so it scared my brother. He ran home. <laughs> just like almost like the Christmas story thing, right? Right. right. Um, and that was it. I was in eighth grade at the time. And that's all it took was to stand up. Now, they kept bullying my brother because now I beat up the bully, right? And right. Uh, that just made it worse for him. But for me, I was like, I'm not, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Right. Um, so it was near the end of the school year, which was good. Um, and I felt like sort of a renewed, like, okay, I'm going to go to a different school now with different kids. And, you know, I hope it'll be better. I'm going to try to do things differently. Not that it was my fault I was getting bullied. I didn't know any better. Right. Um, but, you know, so I think from there, I accessed this, like, fight part in me that was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do the things that I need to do, that I want to do. I'm going to hang out with people that I like, that like to do things like I did. Right. Um I definitely, in my growing up years, I had a lot of hobbies because we didn't have any other friends. Right. So uh, I leaned into that. Um, I draw, I write, mm -hmm. um, and just sort of took that. And then when I went to college, like I was like, oh, I'm going to leave all of that behind. Right, a whole new life. Yeah, you know. Now, did I have to do a lot of work on that? Because yeah. I definitely was extremely traumatized by the event. Um, well, not just not just years of being bullied, but then even that moment of sticking up for yourself. It's even though the adrenaline is running and rush, you know, rushing through you and everything, mm -hmm. it's still a very it's a moment when you look back on it's like when you get into a car accident. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. I got through it, I got through it, I got through it. And then the next day, suddenly, your body is catching up with what happened. And you're like, holy crap, I can't believe that happened. Mm -hmm. Similar, I would imagine, mm -hmm. that if you've been bullied most of your life by the same kids, and right. that you come through it and you're like, okay, I did it. But there's still that moment of like, holy crap, I can't believe I did that. You know? Right, right. And it's it's not the it, it empowers you to a certain degree but there's still a lot of work that has to be done Absolutely. because of the effects that it can carry with you so i know you had said to me that you and your brother ended up dealing with it much differently mhm mm we yeah. did we did um like i said i accessed definitely that fight part 
Um, and I think my brother sort of caved in on himself. Yeah. Um, and still to this day has a lot of challenges. Um, you know, because of many, many factors, this is just one, but, right. you know, um, but it does, it is how it happened. And so when, when we experience trauma, it's remembered in a different way, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if, if I said, what did we have for breakfast this morning? You would, would be able to say, oh, I had avocado on my toast, mm -hmm. right? There wouldn't be any feelings around that per se. It might just be like, yum, I had avocado toast, right? Right. Um, but the way that trauma is stored, um, it activates this primitive system inside of us of um, how can we keep ourselves safe? And uh, when that happens, it's like you can't, you can't just shut that system off, right? Mm -hmm. It's like perpetually running mm -hmm. all the time. And so I give my clients this example that, and this is not historically correct, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I love if, the caveat. Yes. <laughs> if I was a cave person, right? Yeah. And I lived in a cave, right? And with all the other villagers that also live in the caves, right? And one day I walk out and I see like this big flying thing I've never seen before, right? Right. right. It's pretty big and it's noisy uh, and it's flying around. And I say, hey, come on out and look at this big flying thing, right? Right totally innocent because I don't even know what it is. Right? right. And then all of a sudden it swoops down and takes one of the villagers. Right. Yeah. Now I know what that is yes. and that that's really dangerous and I need to either fight it, run away, freeze, play dead. Um, so is this, is this like kind of the same thing as fight or flight response? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is the flight or fight response. They've noticed um, through time that there is more than just fight or flight. Mm -hmm. There's submit. So submit would be like, oops, sorry. Uh, if, if a bear comes crashing through the door right now, like right here, right? We wouldn't have time to be like, okay, I'm going to take this wire and I'm going to put it around this and I'm going to do that, right? We're going to have to do something. Right. So maybe one of us would like take one of these uh, light things and start beating the bear with it. That's right. a fight response. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm like, I got to get out of here, right? And I just like bowl you two down and <laughs> run out the door, right? So That's she's already right. admitting that she's throwing us under the bear. Under the bear. <laughs> I'm just beating you guys with the bear. <laughs> Um, okay, Jerry's yes, never coming back. That's right. <laughs> no longer a friend. <laughs> After this morning, I, I don't know if we'll <laughs> still be there, but oh, we will be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's other parts. So there's freeze, right? Mm -hmm. So like a deer in a headlights, right? So yeah. some people will just, they're literally frozen. They can't move. They can't breathe. They can't walk. Mm -hmm. They're frozen. Mm -hmm. Other people will... Um, submit to the bear so they'll like lie down on the floor and play dead and hope that the bear doesn't notice them uh and then the last one is attached so maybe i'll be like um there's a box of cheese it's over there and i'll be like let me if i give the bear cheese it's maybe it'll leave me alone right right and so they attach with the bear in some kind of way mm -hmm. so um 
every single one of those parts are really our heroes. They come forward to protect us in moments of danger. Right. But the problem with trauma is, is that those memories don't get stored in the same place as what did I have for breakfast this morning? Yeah. They get stored in a different part of the brain and that part of the brain says, oh, I need to remember this exactly the way that it happened so I don't get attacked, eaten, mm -hmm. burned, whatever, right? Yes. Um, and it remembers it mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Uh, so you, like when you were talking, well, when I was talking about, um, you know, one of the bullying incidents in school, yeah. I actually had a physical response to that. I felt like my heart started to yes. beat harder. Yes. I felt my hands get sweaty, right? Like that's the example of it, that the bully isn't here. I'm not being bullied. I haven't been bullied in a long time, right? right. But my brain remembers it because I, I touched that pathway and I woke it up. Um, I think this is why, I, I just wanna make this point because it's yeah. running through my head. This is why it's so hard to have some conversations mm -hmm. because if what you're talking about is something that happened to you that left you vulnerable, mm -hmm. left you feeling victimized, yes. left you feeling in a way that was shameful, mm -hmm. you never want to touch it again. Mm -mm. You never want to go back there and say, oh, no, 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 I got over that. That's in the past. I don't, right. I don't need to revisit it. But what's the reality of that, Jerry? Mm -hmm. What's the reality of not really, not revisiting, but not healing from it, like really putting it someplace where okay, I know you're never going to go away, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be able to handle the reaction that mm -hmm. I get the next time so that I can talk about this. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, well, we call that the consolidation. Yes. Yeah. Consolidation too, right? Like, so, um, you know, what happens, right? So that reactivity in our body, right, mm -hmm. is called hyperarousal, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, loud noises, things like that, that hyper startle mm -hmm. is, is so much greater in a person that's experienced some sort of danger. Yes. Whether they witnessed it, they were part of it, or it happened to somebody they love, mm -hmm. it's all the same. Right. If there was any of an inkling of this is danger, mm -hmm. you know. So trauma is like the whack-a-mole game. <laughs> so if I push it down here, it pops up over here, mm -hmm. right? We can't ignore trauma because it's this primitive thing that's trying to keep us alive, right? And if we're always perceiving danger everywhere, especially for people who've had pervasive trauma over long periods of time and in childhood, right? right? This is the schemas that we learn mm -hmm. in childhood that the world is not a safe place right. and nobody can help me or protect me. Mm -hmm. It's about that power differential as far as bullying goes that makes it traumatic, right? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think I ever thought I was going to die, but I really wanted to die because it just was so awful. Yeah. And see, as adults, we can, we can talk about it. We can understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, now we've mm -hmm. had time to process it, but when you're a child going through it, um, children are going to react to it different ways. Of course. Sometimes they're going to react to it. Um, especially after years of abuse, mm -hmm. I knew that you had a history of bullying. I had no idea it had gone on that like through eighth grade. Yes. Are you kidding me? Like every single so through day. elementary school, through middle school, mm -hmm. 
I, if, if I was not on the mic, there are a lot of things I would say <laughs> that would not be appropriate, but I want to try to be a little appropriate. Um, there, see, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless because you really did catch me off guard with that. I didn't realize that it had gone on that long, but kids, especially over that long period of time, mm -hmm. the exhaustion that they feel emotionally, the fear that they have, you get to a point where you're just like, I can't deal with this anymore. So you fought back. Mm -hmm. But as we've seen in the news, mm -hmm. more and more frequently, actually, mm -hmm. kids are, and I also think because we're in the digital world. Yes. So what happened, what happened to you maybe between two girls and just getting tripped? Mm -hmm. Now they've got three and four kids that are around them filming it. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to put it online. And now you're going to go to school the next day. And it's not just going to be somebody's story, right? That you can refute if it's just, he said, she said, or she said, she said, now you're walking in and people are pointing at you and they're laughing and they know something painful that's happened to you. Mm -hmm. And now, now they're deciding I can't, I can't live with this at all. Yeah. So your first message is we can live through this. We, we can, can, you know, we can get through this. Your kids can yes. get through this. And they definitely can. And, you know, I also want to just say that you know, for someone who takes their life, right, it isn't just the bullying. Mm -hmm. There's other things, other um, deficits in their life, mm -hmm. whether that be in their own mental health previous to coming into the bullying. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they don't have resources, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, so there are other things that come together. It isn't just the bullying, but the bullying can be sort of the thing that throws you over the edge right so um now what about parents who you know they go and, and we read it she was you know she was smart she was beautiful she had a supportive family which i you know and i read these things and i believe that what other things could be going on behind the scenes when you have a family that's just kind of looking at you and going i i don't know what else it could have been could it could have been could it have been something like just low self-esteem to mm -hmm. begin with, mm -hmm. you know, just something that's like, this is just whatever it is that this child is going through, right. whether the parents know it or not, whether they come from a supportive family or not, there's something that this is triggering within them. Mm -hmm. That's now kind of, you know, you started with a seed. Now you have weeds yes. that are growing from everywhere. Right. And you know, because we know we were kids. It's not easy being a kid. There's a lot of things that you are, you know, yes. there's a lot of things that you're thinking about your parents can never even imagine. Mm -hmm. So the internal struggles that we, that just a child has naturally going through puberty and going through life, those, mm -hmm. those could be the things that now the bullying is just, it's just piling Exacer it on. Exacerbating it, yeah. definitely. And, okay. you know, we can see things, you know, if if you've had any other traumatic experiences in mm -hmm. your childhood, certainly trauma piles up on top of each other. Um, there could be, you know, when someone says, you don't have anything to be anxious about, <laughs> right? Anxiety isn't just being anxious about a thing. Right? right. Anxiety is a predisposition towards having anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's a chemical thing in our bodies. Right? right. So 
Um, there's something called the biosocial theory, and it talks about we come into the world with many predispositions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are genetic. Some of them happen in utero. Some of them happen um, uh, luck of the dice right. sort of things. Right. Um, we do see uh, mental health challenges running in families in different ways, right? right? So, you know, if I come into the world and I'm already an anxious person, mm -hmm. right? Um, the types of thoughts or the way that I think about things is different than the way that someone who doesn't have anxiety, right? right. And so we can do therapy, we can learn skills, we can learn to manage that and think differently, so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. But we're still anxious people. Right. Like we come into the world anxious. Same thing with people who have depression, mm -hmm. right? They're not necessarily always depressed about something. It's a general disposition towards being depressed. Right. And so their thoughts come to them in a half empty way, right? Yes. So that in and of itself can create an extra vulnerability to, let's say, being bullied. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, so that we have this, this vulnerability already in place. Sometimes I hate to say it, but that bullies might on some level or vibe pick up on that too, right? Right. So do you think all bullies have been bullied? Um, or do you think some of them? I think um, maybe they've witnessed bullying. They've witnessed it. Um, sometimes, you know, peer relations are the most important relations to children apart from their parents and sometimes even more than parents. So there are people that maybe are more tend towards like the bystander side of bullying, but mm -hmm. that's still bullying. Yes. I, right. And, and to your point about, you know, the importance of children, mm -hmm. my situation was different. I lived with my bully. Mm -hmm. So when yes. I went out into the world, my friends were my escape. Yes. My friends were the childhood that I wasn't experiencing in my house. Mm -hmm. They were the, I, I was, and I will always say, because it's the luck of the draw where you grow up. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's the luck of the draw, what house you end up moving into and who's surrounded, you know, who's right. surrounded by you. And I'll always say that you know, the universe was trying to balance out what was going on in my home right. with where I could escape to outside so that I could have some semblance of normalcy. Yeah. But mm -hmm. had I not been that lucky to grow up on the block that I grew up in, on with the kids that I grew up with, I have no doubt, I, I seriously have no doubt in my mind mm -hmm. that I either would have turned to drugs, mm -hmm. I either, uh, or started drinking, right? become much more promiscuous, mm -hmm. and probably had, had I had to deal with being bullied on top of that, right. I, I probably would have been a statistic mm -hmm. because what you're going through as a child, just internally, what other people don't know that you're going through it, it is magnified by a thousand. Sure. Which is why I, I'm, I'm still kind of sitting here. I, my mind keeps going back to you were bullied from kindergarten until eighth grade. Yeah. That, and, and then you said your brother was bullied through high school. Correct? Yeah, he was. And he did not deal with it the way that you dealt with it. No, and I, and I think you make a valid point about you had a resource. You leaned into your friends and they became your resource when things at home were so unspeakably awful, mm -hmm. right? 
And so, but um, what about the child that doesn't have that resource? And now this is the thing, right? So then, yeah. if they come into the world predispositioned, or even if they didn't, and they've experienced something awful, right? The people that don't lean into whatever resources they have, right? Right. They're the ones that have poorer outcomes, right? right. And so you had your friends. I had my hobbies, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, my, my parents were supportive people. They just yes. didn't know what to do, but right. we had them, right? And they weren't being supported by any anybody in the schools or, no. or anyone beyond that. Yeah. So that was a resource, right? Um, I started working in a library at 14, right? That gave me so much empowerment, mm -hmm. right? You know, sure. Um, it also allowed me a venue for making friends because all my friends would come into the library and, you know, hang out. Um, but that sense of empowerment, right? And what I think that families can do if they can is, is encourage their children not to have all their eggs in one basket mm -hmm. so that if all they have is school, yeah. right, and they're getting bullied at school. And they're not even safe at home because the bullying comes in through their phone, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and they have nothing, yeah. right? So could they do Girl Scouts? Could they play soccer? Could they do, you know, I know it's hard for parents that don't have that kind of time. But, you know, if we could get imaginative with um, helping them to build other types of resources, arranging play dates, yes. right? If they can do that, um, you know, encouraging different types of hobbies, some other connections to their life yes. uh, that can help. It's not the magic answer at all, mm -hmm. um, but it can increase the likelihood that that isn't going to end up being who they are. Right, right. Someone who's bullied. And to another, because as you're saying it, I'm like, and to the people that are that are thinking, well, but you know, when I grew up, it was so much easier. We, you know, we just went out to play, and we didn't come out. We didn't come home until the lights, you know, went on or the street lights came on or everything. Not every kid grew up with it that way. No. And even in the '70s, I grew up. I I did grow up. I call them my wonder years. Mm -hmm. That was my block. I was very lucky, mm -hmm. but I lived in Brooklyn. You know, and I thought everybody grew up that way right. until I went to high school and I found that there were lots of girls who didn't really have a lot of friends because, mm -hmm. like you said, they grew up on a block that wasn't, it was on a busy avenue. Right. You know, right. I was allowed to stay on my block. I couldn't go around the corner because it was a busy avenue. Sure. So I get mm -hmm. that. Yeah. There are a lot of kids that don't grow up that way. And, and so when people go, oh, it was so different back then, what I'm learning is generation after generation after generation it may look, the world may look differently. Mm -hmm. There may be other things there, you know, there, there are more things that have come in to make our lives easier, but human nature does not change. Mm -mm. Human nature stays the same. Yeah. And the, the excuse of, well, when I was growing up, we used to just do that. Mm -hmm. If you were fortunate enough to have that situation, you were fortunate. Right. That wasn't that wasn't what everybody's situation no, was about. No, absolutely not. Listen and to me. I'm sounding like I'm from Brooklyn now. Yeah. I'm getting passionate. <laughs> I'm living yes. in Jersey over 30 years. Yeah. And when I speak to people, I speak to them so, you know, so 
differently. And then I'll talk about Brooklyn. It's like, it's not like that, people. <laughs> That's your fight card coming up. <laughs> because it infuriates me. Yeah, no, it infuriates it. me because I grew up as that child who felt different. Mm -hmm. I grew up with, with as, as a child who had secrets. Mm -hmm. I grew up terrified that I would be bullied mm -hmm. because I would watch other kids get bullied. Sure. And we were talking about this too. People go, everybody stands around and, and they take pictures. You know, nobody jumps in. Think about when you were back in the, in the wonderful seventies yeah. and you didn't have cameras. Mm -hmm. What did kids do then? They I'm going to tell you, they either stood around cheering. Yep. Yeah. Or they just stood around watching like, or walking away like, Oh, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. So we talk about how our kids, they have too much of this. They have, no, it's human nature. Yeah. That's what it is. And you so brilliantly and so simply explaining that, that it's not just fight or flight. Mm -hmm. There are so many other reactions that people have. Mm -hmm. Yes. I do think the stakes are higher that, that we have access to the internet yes. and everybody has access to our business. Yes. But it's just a different form that they're doing it. Yep. Not everybody jumped in and said, I'm going to stick up for you. Not everybody was that hero. Right. Most kids were like, oh, you know, I can say it because, you know, I see it on TV and I would know how to react. Right. But the reality of having it happen right in front of you, yeah. holy crap, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, I'm going to run away. I'm going to yeah. do this. Nowadays, I'm either going to put it, I'm going to either going to film it. Right. Or I'm going to walk around it and get as far away from it as I possibly can. Of course, because I don't want to get sucked into that whirlwind. And and, yeah. and it's a shame, right? It is. It's kind of like you think about it, like it's, it's a tale of time, right? So there's always the people that are here and the other people that are down here, right? There is the gray in the middle. That's the person that like walks away, you know, and tries to get around it. Right. But, you know, what is war but yeah. bullying? Yeah. Right. It's just on a much, much grounder, grander scale. Yeah. You know? I oh, think, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Never I want to be on that. top. Right. It's so love conversations. It's yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's really what war is. It's, it's a matter of bullying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes. Yeah. And, and who's going to step in or who's going to sit back and try to be diplomatic? Right. Who's going to, you know, some people agree with the bully mm -hmm. because of they're course. looking at a situation that maybe. And they're the ones that are cheering in the background. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, or, or they think you look like the bully, but they're really not the bully, the mm -hmm. passive aggressive person that they're, you know, there's just so many different scenarios that, sure. can go, you know, that, that, that swirl around. But yes, in essence, mm -hmm. war is about bullying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like I said, on a grander, greater scale. You know, I think other things that parents can do are like, you know, I, I was actually, um, I, t I spoke about my girls being bullied, yeah. bullied, and um, when that happened, because this is a second career for me, so I went back to school in my late 30s, and... Um, what was your first career? Sorry, not late 30s, early 40s. My first career was retail management. Okay. And then I was like an office manager and then I, mm -hmm. I did a bunch of things, different things. So um, I was in a class and we were talking about um, whether it was an invasion of privacy to look at your children's phone. Mm. <laughs> and um, I am a believer in it. I'm probably going to get a lot of slack for this, but no, this uh, is a safe space. I yeah, tell people yeah. you you say whatever. This is why this is why 
I love having a conversation. I want to mm-hmm. hear all aspects. So I feel like, um, well, first of all, statistically, you can help to protect your child by exploring their social media and their emails, um, because that's many times how the bullies nowadays are getting in. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're getting in through the social media. They're getting in through text. Right. And, you know, yes, I believe at a certain age, of course, you know, your young adult or later teen has privacy because hopefully they're going to vocalize to you what's happening. Right. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, for children who can't make better choices sometimes, you know, I think the occasional peek at their stuff can really help. And Mm -hmm. as I said, I discovered uh, my one daughter was being horribly bullied um, through text and through her social media, things she didn't share with me because she was afraid I'd be upset. Yeah. And such you know, a normal kid reaction. Yeah, too, no matter how many times we tell them, you can come to me, you can talk to me, you can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. If they think that this is going to, going to upset you, whether upset means make you sad, right? Make you, you know, make you angry. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is sad, though. Yeah. No, it's I. She was worried angry. about making me sad, and yes. she knew my history. Yeah. So she thought she was protecting me from that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know we put a stop to that. So, and she needed help. Right. She couldn't do it herself. Right. So, um, you know, and with her input about what that was going to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that that's an important thing. And when I was in school and I said that in, in our class, I got ganged up on, not in a bullying kind of way, but people were like, what, you shouldn't be invading your children's privacy and so on and so forth. Um, and I still feel firmly about it and science supports that. And they probably didn't listen to you long enough to hear you say, yes, once they become a young adult, mm-hmm. then there has to be more boundaries. Right. Of course. Of course. But yes, when you're dealing with children who are going through a, a situation of bullying mm-hmm. and, you know, their brains and their emotions are constantly in motion. Yeah. They're constantly changing. They're constantly growing, maturing. Sure. So, yes, it's it's important to kind of keep the pulse on things because going back to when we were kids, mm-hmm. my mother would always know if I had a fight with a friend or something right. like that because I wouldn't go out to play mm-hmm. or I wasn't talking on the phone. Sure. So the signs were right there in front of her. Right. They right. were like, wait a minute. It's 80 degrees outside being in Brooklyn, the hydrant is open, <laughs> which is literally right next right next door to our house. Mm-hmm. Every kid you're friends with is playing and you don't feel like going out. Right. Are What's you, going are on? Are you sick or is right. something going on? Because if yeah. you're sick, I'm going to call the doctor. Right. Right. But if you're not, then what's going on? Exactly. What's, what's going on out there? What's, you know, and it, it invited a conversation or just, you know, I'm just, I'm just not friends with them right now. Right. And it would, you know, is it something there's something I need to know? No, they're just not being very nice because kids sometimes aren't very nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I brought the tambourine down and they took it from me and, you know, I want right. to play the tambourine. They took it from me. They didn't give it back, you know, yeah. whatever it is that kids right. do. But in this day and age, mm. we have to, we have to look a little deeper to make sure that so. we're, we're trying to stay connected 
in a way to our kids with our kids that keeps them safe and, mm-hmm. and keeps reassuring them no look yeah this this sucks mm-hmm. but you need mm-hmm. to talk to me about this so that we right. can figure out a plan sure exactly mm-hmm. and whatever that plan looks like am i going to learn how to do karate and fight back or am i going to tell a safe other adult in the school mm-hmm. or um my mom's solution for the year after i got tripped every day going to school was is she hired one of the neighborhood teenagers to walk us to school wow see right and it you know so that was fine he was our babysitter we thought he was awesome so we were like ah you know (laughs) nip that in the bud we're not gonna have that happen anymore and how and you know oh now that we're parents Mm -hmm. how wonderful did that make your mom feel like she came with the solution that helped you Mm -hmm. that made you feel safe because she couldn't always be there with you right you know as a parent that that gave her you know, that kind of gave her a little notch in her belt, like, wow, I, I helped my kid. Yeah. You know, our kids can never know how, how we feel or how much we love them until they become parents. Of course. Of we course. know that. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I got a long way to go before my kid really understands <laughs> that yeah. this was killing me. And I, you know, I literally, my heart was breaking and I really was trying. Um, but I love, I love that solution. Yeah. Unlike yeah. Ronnie, who, who had me in the kitchen and said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to fight. And I really didn't get picked on. And I said, okay, uh, all right, so, uh, all right, come at me and like smack me in the side of the head. So what do I do? I listen to my mother <laughs> and I go, all right, you you want me to, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, I was a little afraid of Ronnie. Ronnie was little, but Ronnie, you know, oh, she'd be little, she'd be mighty. Yeah. You know, so I come around and like, I give her a tap across the head. And she pummels me. <laughs> and then I get up and I'm like, why did you do that? She goes, because at first you don't hit your mother. I'm like, but you told me to hit you. Oh my God. You she goes, you hit me too hard. She goes, and I didn't appreciate that. I thought you were taking advantage of it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't even want to do this. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, Ronnie told me how to throw a good punch. Yeah. And when I hit her and she calmed down, she was like, and by the way, I was always tall. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're that much taller than even most of the boys. Use yeah. that. Mm-hmm. If someone says something to you, stand up straight mm-hmm. and like take a step toward them. Like, what did you just say to me? Mm-hmm. You don't have to even lift your hands. You don't even have to, if you just use what you have. And I remember feeling empowered and I remember it working. Mm-hmm. Finally, when the person down the line in middle school, mm-hmm. I did get picked on a little bit by a young, uh, by a girl. Mm-hmm. And then finally one day I just kind of, st- I, I stood straight up with my shoulders back and what is your problem? What is your problem? And I wasn't, but it was just that quick, yeah, well, she saw you weren't going to let her do that to you. Anymore. And we became friends. Mm-hmm. We became, because just that moment she was like, well, you know, and I'm like, but I didn't, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I never said that. Or maybe it was, I did say that, but I wasn't talking about you. And it was right, like, right. oh, oh. But I remember thinking, if I don't do something, like, she's, she's going to really beat me up. Like, right, I don't know what to right. do with this. Yeah. I don't want to fight. You right. Know, I, our parents can empower us in so many ways, but if you don't know what's going on, you can't. Right. Exactly. So I say kudos to you for looking in that phone. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it made a big difference. She wasn't happy about it initially, mm -hmm. but then, you know, later on she shared and she was like, I'm so relieved that we did something about it. I just didn't, I didn't know how to come to you with it. They don't, you know, so you got to ask. So yeah. that's like the third thing you have to ask, right? Whether that's, you know, you take a walk together. I found the car to be one of the best places to uh, talk to my kids because it felt like less pressure they were in the back seat and I'd just be like, you know, how's school today? You know, what was the best part of today? What was the worst part of today, right? Mm -hmm. And then they could just kind of like ramble on or if they had friends in the back seat, you know, I'm listening, right? Uh, about how that looks, how are they responding to things, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's because I'm more aware of that from my, you know, growing up experience, but I think it's a simple thing that we can do, right? Yes. Um, meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be their friend, but you, you need to be their parent. Um, I love that. Meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm pretty sure I've heard that expression, but not used in this in this type of situation. Yeah. Meet your kids where they're at. Because, yeah, I do think parents either fall into the, I'm your parent, and you're going to do what I tell you to do, or I'm your best friend, and I'm the coolest parent, and right. neither extreme works. No. no. But, yeah, if you meet them where they're at, mm -hmm. and you say, okay, you know, we're going to figure this out together. Right. Let's see what we can kind of come up with. Yeah. You know, tell me how you feel and tell me what happened. And I'm going to let you know what I think. Right. Or how I can help you. Or mm -hmm. if I have to go to school and have a serious conversation. Right. Right. Um, I, I just, I, we haven't, I guess the, the sad thing is you never fully going to erase bullying. Mm -mm. It's never, never fully going to be something that we can eradicate completely because again, human nature is human nature and we don't know where people are coming from. Right. And um, there's that expression, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And they do. Those are the people that, that just continue that cycle. Mm -hmm. and, and they go through it without their life. But I do think schools need to do more. Schools I think schools need to are do more. doing a lot. They're certainly doing a lot more than they did when we were growing up. Right. And yet <laughs> they could do more. I think... Yes. Part of the contribution of that is, is the lessons that are learned, because I know when my kids were in school, and that's like, you know, 10 years ago now, um, even longer for my oldest, uh, there was some like health classes that had a bullying curriculum. I'm sure they had like assemblies about it. Um, and so if that helps at least one person, mm -hmm or stops a bully because they thought a little harder about it, mm -hmm. I think that's great. Um, I think what, what actually needs to change even further is the idea of victimizing the victim. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for a child to come to, let's say the guidance counselor and say, I'm being bullied, I feel like the message still is, is what's wrong with you. Mm. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And so you need to go to therapy. You need to do this. You need to do that. Yes. It's also on the side of the bully, right? There are hopefully consequences for the bully. 
Oh, so here's an interesting scenario. What? So you're making me interrupt. I don't like No, interrupt. that's okay. But because you're saying something and I'm I'm listening mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Um, do you think that schools and administrators and educators do that because they, as adults, mm -hmm. don't want to deal with the parents? And so it's, it's almost like, well, you're the one getting picked on, so I know I can get through this a little bit easier with you and say something to you than I... Do you think that it's almost like they're putting mm -hmm. that responsibility back on the victim mm -hmm. because, and I'm going to say this, their hands as administrators, principals, educators, their hands are tied in a lot of ways. I, I don't think it's the school's responsibility to be the parents. Mm -hmm. I really, truly don't. I, right. I do think that, oh, see, I can get beat up for this, but I don't like KLS. Um, I do believe that people in general lately seem to want to put more responsibility on the teachers. Well, mm -hmm. you should be doing this in school and you should be teaching that and you should be, look, I grew up in an age where there were condoms in the bathroom and it was like, that was for protection. That was mm -hmm. for, look, kids are going to do this. They can't always go and buy one. You know, mm -hmm. they can't always slip one out of their dads. Now you want them teaching them about sex. You want to, you want them. There are certain conversations, in-depth conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying not to bring up those subjects, but it's not the school's responsibility to educate your children. Mm -hmm. It's maybe the school's responsibility to say, we are a resource. Mm -hmm. We support everyone. Mm -hmm. We know people who can support you, mm -hmm. but it's not your teacher's place. It's a tremendous responsibility to put on, in essence, people who are strangers to your children. Mm -hmm. They're a big mm -hmm. part of their lives for nine months and then they go away forever. Mm -hmm parents are in their in their kids lives every single day and it's their responsibility to go into depth it's their responsibility to to have the important conversations and you know that i support schools doing things because i i am desperately trying to go into schools to talk about sexual and domestic violence mm -hmm. Because yeah. what people don't know is that is an issue that starts in the middle schools. Mm -hmm. So I am all for having people come in and talk directly to the children. But that education doesn't stop at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. They have to know that the parents are, are, you know, well, the teacher should be telling them this. No, 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 no. The reason things made a difference in our lives was because we had mothers mm -hmm. that would help us figure it out. Right. My mother didn't rely on the teacher to be the person to raise me. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, uh, I have such a problem with this balance because yes. I see both sides of it. Yeah. But in, in the case of bullying, I do think it's the school's responsibility to step in mm -hmm. and implement some kind of school should be a safe place. To yes. Go. They, right. they absolutely should be. That's how they should be seen. And mm -hmm. if you're not going to follow those rules, then get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't be afraid to look at the bully's, the bully's mother and say, you know what? You can yell about this to the high heavens. It's my responsibility mm -hmm. once those doors shut at 830 to keep the kids in this building safe, mm -hmm. to educate them to let them know that we're a resource for them. It's mm -hmm. not a place for your kid to come and terrorize a whole grade and be able to get away with it over and over and over again because nobody wants to deal with you. Yeah. 
well, sorry, I went on a tangent. I didn't mean no, to. No, 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 And this is a huge hot button topic. We probably talk a whole nother hour about oh, it. We're but... You are definitely yeah. coming back and we are talking about this again. <laughs> yeah. because See this, but this is, oh my God. See this is when I get so excited because I'm like, look, we started with a little conversation. <laughs> we started with you being willing, willing to come on and say, this happened to me. This is how it affected me. Me willing to have this space to want to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, ah, the clock is running out. We gotta finish this conversation another time. But it opens up even more conversations of course. that people want to have. Mm -hmm. And you get a better idea of how people are truly thinking, not mm -hmm. what the media is telling us, not right. what our neighbor is telling us so-and-so said, or sure. did you hear what she did or where she went? It's, it's about sitting down face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And I do think that this is an issue that these last two generations have not really been taught. No. I think that's where the digital age has kind of stunted them. Mm -hmm. Sit down and have a conversation with someone. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that could also, like I said, that girl and I, mm -hmm. we became friends because my gym teacher stepped in. Mm. And it was literally you, get over here. You, Mr. <laughs> Burner, I'll never forget it. Her name was Tracina. Mm -hmm. You, get over here. You, get over here. Pulling us in the office and going, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. What's the matter with you with the puss face? What's the matter with you? And it was like, uh, it was like somebody better talk or we're never going to leave this office. Right. Right. And finally it was, well, you know, she was doing this. So I did that. And well, why were you doing that? Well, because she said, I think we had, he brought us together and left us in the, in his office for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Once mm -hmm. he got us talking to talk it out. Yep. And we literally became friends. Mm. And that's great. Yeah. And I, 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 oh my God, Jerry, this, you know, that this, this conversation hits me mm. Mm -hmm. on, on for so many different reasons. You're definitely coming back. Oh, thank you. Because for the first time, I'm looking at the clock going, no. I know, I know. No, we got we to gotta finish this. This is like, oh, my God, there's so much more to talk about. And so far, everybody that I brought on, mm -hmm. I thought there's more conversation that has to be had about this. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I hope that the people who listen tell the people about this podcast, tell the people about how we are having these conversations, yeah. and maybe they want to come on. Give sure. me your point of view. I I want I want to know. I'm, I keep saying I'm 58 years old. I'm going to be 60 next year, even though I'm not even yet 59 this year. I'm going to be 60 next year, and I love the fact that I can still learn. Yeah, I, it keeps me young. every day. It yeah. keeps me young. It keeps me in the know. You know, I don't have to do the stanky leg dance or whatever it is that they're doing now, and you can make fun of me for that. But I don't even know what it is. Me so. neither. But I, I just heard somebody saying, "Are you doing the stanky leg?" I was like, mm -hmm. "The stanky leg? What is that? That sounds a little dangerous." Yeah, but. I want to, you know, I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. And I want to keep bringing people like you to the forefront that are like, look, this could be a resource for, for someone mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. that doesn't even know, you know, they'll see sure. your name in an advertisement and it's like, oh, wait a minute. She knows a little bit about this too. Right. So this is how we do it. People supporting people. Yeah. Yeah. And women supporting women. women. <laughs> but people, but people supporting people too. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, so Chris, our, our engineer, is going to be giving me the turnaround soon. Right. Um, yeah. See, you have the power. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. And I, please come back. Thank you. One last thing. Yes. It gets better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it's an important message. It, yeah. it can get better. Mm -hmm. you, can. you can live through this. Yep. You really exactly. can. Exactly. Definitely.